What's up, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of the Video Game Mythos Podcast, where we take you, the listener, on trips and divulge your beautiful minds and some of the coolest video game backstories out there. Each week, we try to take you on a journey with your most loved and hated video game characters of all time, while you relive their pasts and maybe even discover something you didn't know. The backstories we review, of course, are chosen by you, the listeners, and we take every request seriously in one form or another. So before we begin, I wanted to give a huge shout out to Eric Hickman for recommending this character to me. I was a solid pick, dude. In the future, I'll be reviewing more characters from your suggestion list for sure. Uh, For all the other listeners out there, if you have a suggestion for someone you would like to hear on the Video Game Mythos podcast, hit us up on Twitter at the handle at 13palmtreespp or Facebook at 13palmtreespodcastproductions. So, without further ado, I give you this week's Video Game Mythos character, Pyramid Head. Pyramid Head was introduced to the ever-popular Silent Hill franchise as the primary antagonist in the second installment of the series. Going by a few names like Red Pyramid, Red Pyramid Thing, Sankaku Atama, which translates to Triangle Head, there seem to be a lot of theories about where Pyramid Head actually comes from, so let's go ahead and break it down. The first theory we're going to cover is that there is no traceable origin to Pyramid Head. Pyramid Head, or Pyramid Heads, have always existed in Silent Hill since its mysterious inception. They exist as executioners and punishers of sinful creatures, as the torment and torture is not exclusive to humans, as made apparent by the physical violence portrayed towards the various creatures and beings in Silent Hill. Another very popular theory is the Travis Grady theory. So in Silent Hill Origins, the main protagonist, Travis Grady, throughout the game is hunted by a monster called the Butcher. It is heavily implied that the Butcher is Travis's dark side, and due to the anger and repressed memories built up inside, he created the Alter Ego, a man with half face and one half mask. It is believed that upon acceptance of this identity as the Butcher, the mask was completed, forming the completed Pyramid Head. This theory holds some weight as the theme of the character struggling with their inner demons is an extremely common occurrence in the Silent Hill franchise. Moving on to the next theory, the Old God Theory. This theory states that Pyramid Head is actually a part of the town and that he is a fallen angel like Vatil. Vatil and Pyramid Head could be a member of the same religious sect or deities of the same religion in general. Both Vatil and Pyramid Head are very similar in appearance Humanoids, scarred, bloodied flesh, crude stitches, wearing some type of butcher's garb or clothes. And given that both Vatil and Pyramid Head are seen as attendants or guardians of Silent Hill, depending on the interpretation, this theory can hold some weight. There's even another theory that states that James Sunderland himself stayed in Silent Hill following the events of Silent Hill 2 and became Pyramid Head. And the Pyramid Head that we see in the Silent Hill 2 game was a manifestation of James's guilt, which, upon acceptance of this guilt, he took on the metaphorical and literal mantle of Pyramid Head and became what he saw to bring judgment on the rest of the sinful souls who wander into Silent Hill. Like, damn, what a wild ride. All of those are some badass theories. However, there is one that we will be focusing on that holds the most weight as per the facts in the game And that is the theory that Pyramid Head is the manifestation of James's guilt and desire to be punished. 
I know there are some people who are clamoring in their seats yelling, but wait, my goal Pyramid Head was in other games. That can't be right. But we're sticking with this as the primary theory because it's the most widely accepted and it is highly likely that Pyramid Head as Silent Hill 2 was his first appearance only made a return to the series due to his popularity as a quote unquote villain. So as the game unfolds, it is made clear to the player that James had to watch his wife's mental and physical health deteriorate in front of him. And in the end, he took her life to spare her from the pain. Doing this, of course, caused James a great deal of emotional turmoil, but there was a tremendous amount of guilt surrounding the feelings that he had while she was sick, such as his unfulfilled emotional and sexual desires. James began to drink a fair bit to escape his pain and loneliness, but of course, it didn't help. James felt an immense amount of sexual frustration, but felt prevented from pursuing these desires with anyone because he did, in fact, love his wife, and his guilt kept him faithful, albeit for the wrong reasons. To fully understand the role that Pyramid Head takes on in Silent Hill 2, it's important to understand who Maria is. Maria is a character that James encounters in Silent Hill. Maria is, in fact, a manifestation of James's dead wife, Mary, except she has sexy hair, skimpier taste in clothes, and a far more promiscuous attitude. She is actually a demon who is created for the sole purpose of teasing and torturing James, spawned from his subconscious desire to be punished for murdering his wife. Her entire purpose is to subdue James and punish him for what he did to his wife instead of letting him move on. So, enter Pyramid Head. Pyramid Head, along with Maria, is often viewed as the primary protagonist in Silent Hill 2. But I'm of the opinion that Pyramid Head was actually the secondary antagonist. Pyramid Head is the good guy. I know, crazy, right? But let me walk you through why I think that, so hold on tight. Pyramid Head actually saves James Sunderland from his inner demons multiple times by literally murdering them in front of him. Pyramid Head then takes on the form of James Sunderland's deep anxieties in an effort to show and guide him away from the monstrosity that his guilt and Maria make him think that he is. The mannequin abuse slash rape scene was a way for Pyramid Head to make an example of how James sees himself deep down, hoping to get him to accept what he's done and confront the feelings that he had about his wife and her sickness and his guilt and his sexual frustration. I know, it seems kind of loose so far, right? But hang in there, because here is where it gets interesting. I'm going to break down James's encounters with Pyramid Head, and then you can tell me what you think. So, encounter number one. You see Pyramid Head behind the mangled bars at the end of the hallway. He doesn't attack. He isn't aggressive. He is just standing there, watching James as if he is observing him. Encounter two. After Pyramid Head is seen sexually assaulting the two mannequin figurines, he approaches James in the closet, proving to be bulletproof after James fires at Pyramid Head. Pyramid Head does not attack James in the closet and ends up revealing access to a key that is vital for James's progression through Silent Hill. Encounter 3 Uh-oh, battle time. But is it really? Pyramid Head allows James enough room to avoid his attacks, and after enough time, Pyramid Head leaves on his own. Encounter 4 Pyramid Head has James pinned on the roof, but instead of slicing him in two, he deliberately pushes him off the roof and into the confinement ward. Although it is initially viewed as a hindrance, James is forced to confront his past here. Is that a coincidence? Encounter number 5 
Surely here's where Michael's mistaken. He's fast, he's angry, he is super aggressive. But where does he aim his ferocity? Where does his spear end up? Not in James, in Maria. Encounter number six. A pyramid head appears to be hunting James in the catacombs, but let's step back and look at it a little closer. If you map the traversable area and create a path from the entry point straight to the exit, it creates a linear pathway that can be traveled without even running into Pyramid Head, heavily suggesting that Pyramid Head is guiding James on this path, the path to redemption. Encounter 7. James encounters not one, but two Pyramid Heads. They are holding Maria hostage and kill her for the third and final time. It is at this time that James accepts what he has done, that he killed his wife, that he did love her. In the end, the pyramid heads turn on each other and commit suicide as their purpose has been fulfilled. James has accepted the truth. James found himself hating a part of his wife, the part that made him and her feel so distant in the darkest hours of her illness, a hatred so deep that he killed her, even with a small part of the person she was and that he loved still deep inside. Pyramid Head is the embodiment of the horror that we all hope not to face one day, the horror of losing someone that we love. That is what makes him one of the most horrifying villains of all time. Now that you see how he was guiding James, it becomes clear that Pyramid Head was not James's wish to be punished at all. He was James's guardian angel on his path to atonement, a physical manifestation of how difficult and ugly it can truly be to overcome your own guilt, and if you let it be, it can consume you. That is where Pyramid Head came from, that's where we think his lore is based, and that's what we think his origin story truly is. Let us know what you think about it. Obviously, that's a really popular theory, and this was actually a pretty easy one to go into, but I did learn a lot, and I did not know all of those facts. So that brings us to a close on Pyramid Head for the Video Game Mythos podcast character on that's where we think his origin stories lie. So, now that we've wrapped up Pyramid Head, let's hit up some of the honorable mentions that definitely deserve to be talked about, shall we? First up, the Tetris blocks. Tetris was created by Alexei Petjitnov, who was an artificial intelligence researcher for the Soviet Academy of Sciences in Russia. Petjitnov derived the name Tetris by combining Greek with the name of his favorite sport. Tetra is a Greek numerical prefix meaning four, and tennis was the game designer's sport of choice. Combine Tetra with tennis and you get Tetris. Even though Tetris is all over the place now, that little 10 by 20 blocked up space is officially under copyright. Craziness. Next up is Pac-Man. Pac-Man is the story of a man who wakes up trapped in a maze with no exit with nothing but a mouth. Overwhelmed by a sensual desire to consume everything and the ghosts that chase him are just ghosts who envy the living in their ability to eat. Okay, what? Yeah, no more Pac-Man. I'm going to go play something less scary like Outlast or Resident Evil 7 in VR. Anyway, last but not least is our little buddy Wheatley from Portal 2. In case you didn't notice, Wheatley isn't the smartest robot in Valve lore, but that could have something to do with the fact that he was created for the sole purpose of being an intelligence dampening device for Portal 1's primary antagonist, Gladys. Well, that wraps up our honorable mentions. So thanks everyone for checking out this week's episode of the Video Game Mythos podcast. Remember, if you want to hear all about your favorite video game characters and get a shout out from yours truly, hit us up on Facebook or Twitter at 13 Palm Trees Podcast Productions. And let me get real with you guys for like five seconds. 
If you like what you're hearing and you want to hear more, hit that like button. Give us those five stars and leave a killer review. We can't overstate how important good reviews are for us, as it helps us with discoverability and to keep our podcast on the air. Plus, your comments could lead the way to you hearing about a video game character that you want to know all about. Ultimately, though, the best way to help us out is just to tell a friend about the podcast. Seriously, we would love that. Just like, subscribe, leave a comment, tell a friend. Thanks, everyone, and I will see you next week.